so I remember finishing the race and there's a lovely photo of me and my sister and I saw her after we finished and I'm like I'm so glad you're okay I'm really happy and there's that photo of like my emotions of like being really happy I won but also I just found out my sister was okay and she stood up and she's walking around and um so yeah it was kind of like mixed emotions. Welcome to the British Continental Podcast, brought to you by Continental. Continental have been supporters of the domestic road scene for over 25 years. The go-to tyre brand for elite riders, from the off-camber cobbled corners of the Durham Tour Series to the farm tracks of the Cycle Classic. Hello and welcome to the British Continental. After 10 episodes focusing on the Baby Giro, we're back now to focusing on the domestic scene. And ahead of the Women's Cycle Classic this weekend, the first National A road race for 666 days, we are publishing two special episodes focusing on the race. In this first episode, we talk with the race's reigning champion, Emily Nelson, who gives us an insight into what it takes to ride and win one of the UK's most prestigious one-day women's races. It has been a dizzying few years or so for the 24-year-old Emily. One of the world's top track riders, she hit the heights in 2018, becoming the world Madison champion on the track and adding a world championship silver medal in the team pursuit to her Palmares too. With both events on the 2020 Tokyo track programme, her Olympic dreams were looking bright. The following year, she then won scratch gold at the European Track Championships and silver in the elimination race at the same event. And she excelled on the road that year too, despite riding only a handful of road races. She won the East West Midlands Women's Road Race Championships and finished 12th in the National Road Race Championships too. But her most notable feats were her victories at the Women's Cycle Classic and the Women's Born Cycle Classic. The former is one of the most prestigious women's road races in the UK, famous for its off-road sectors and Belgian roadside atmosphere. And the latter, meanwhile, holds notoriety not only because it was a cracking event, but also because it was the last National A road race held in the UK. All that will change, however, this Sunday, when the Women's Cycle Classic returns. Unfortunately, things have not been plain sailing for Emily in between times. She was dropped from the Olympic squad towards the end of 2019. But determined to continue racing, she joined the Belgian Isarex Noaqua squad the following season to pursue a road racing career instead. But almost before she had started, the pandemic hit and racing was put on hold. And after some tricky deliberations, Emily decided to retire. With the Women's Cycle Classic just around the corner, we were lucky enough to speak to Emily, the race's reigning champion, before a new one is anointed. Emily speaks about what it was like to miss out on her Olympic dreams, why she decided to hang up her wheels, what it takes to win the Cycle Classic, what she did with her giant pork pie prize, and her sister Josie's great start to her road racing career in Belgium. So welcome, Emily, to the British Continental. Thank uh, you. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Where are you today? Um, I'm currently at my parents' house. So at the start of the pandemic, I moved back in with them, so I wasn't living on my own. Um, and I've just stayed here now. I haven't gone back. It's been a year and a half, and they're asking when I'm going to move out, and I'm not sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and whereabouts in the country is that? Um, it's between Stoke-on-Trent and Derby, in a next to a town called Utoxter, which no one really knows. So. Yeah, and your your tra- training roads have been the 
the, the peaks is that right yeah yeah so where I live um where my parents live is really really nice actually so we're out in the countryside and there's the peak district just above us but then uh, we've got Canuck Chase as well so you can ride around Canuck Chase and it is lovely riding around here so yeah I still go up into the peaks every now and then although much slower now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an amazing part of the world um I used to live up not far from there and uh, I do miss riding around there it's beautiful beautiful um Emily, obviously, we want to talk to you about the the Cycle Classic. We were just discussing off air whether it's the Cycle Classic or the Sickle Classic. We think it's, I think it's the Cycle Classic, but when I interview Colin later, I will, I will um, get a definitive answer. Um, but whatever it's called, um, um, we'll talk to you about that because you're the kind of the last winner of that race. But before we get into that, could you just? I mean, oh, you've you've stopped kind of racing full time now. Um, could you tell us a little bit? about why you decided to to stop kind of what kind of prompted you to retire yeah sure um back in 2019 um actually a couple of weeks after I was crowned European champion in the scratch race um I went to um world cup in Belarus um and a couple of days after that I found out that I hadn't made the Olympic team and basically there wasn't a space for me on Great Britain cycling team anymore for the track and for me like I've always loved the track and that's always what I wanted to do so I just carried on racing the track carried on doing six days um flew out to a couple a couple of other races um Copenhagen um I went to Switzerland as well um sort of off my own back and really enjoyed it um and thought you know what I'm going to keep cycling I'm, even though I'm not on GB anymore and I haven't like got a team with an income um I'll see if this year I can, can make a go for it and maybe get on a pro road team where I could get paid to still you know do sport that I love um and I joined Isorex No Aqua which is a, a Belgium cycling team um and I raced with them for about three weeks until COVID hit and um, was forced to come home. And I, I guess sort of that's when I decided um, this, like, I'm going to retire. Um, I didn't think I didn't think I'd got the results whilst I was out there, even though I was only out there for three weeks. Maybe I was a little bit hard on myself, but I didn't think I'd got the results to sort of make a career out of road racing. And I just loved the track so much and. I knew that as, that has always been my focus. That I didn't, I couldn't see myself um, as a purely road focus. Um, so yeah, I made very tough decision, of course, because I've been cycling for as long as I can remember. Um, been racing competitively for over ten years, so it was a very tough decision that I didn't take lightly at all. But decided to retire, and I was only twenty three, twenty four, so see what else the world has for me (laughs) (laughs) and just how tough was it when you found out you weren't going to be on the the olympic team um of course i was devastated i could that's what i trained for for well more than the past four years because pre 2016 i was sort of starting to step up to the podium squad which is where sort of the Olympics what is sort of picked from um so I'd had my sights set on Tokyo for five or six years and that's all I trained for and in that time I'd become world champion European champion and the Madison had been added to the 2020 Olympics and that was the one race I was really going for absolutely love racing the Madison and um unfortunately the way that um GB select their team is 
it's purely team pursuit focused. So if you're the top five team pursuiters, then you'll go to the Olympics for team pursuit. And from those five, they select the bunch races. So there was never an option if I wasn't good enough in the team pursuit to go for Madison. Um, so essentially, I'm not saying I was, but I could have been the best Madison rider there. And if I'm not good enough in the team pursuit, then I, I wasn't going to go to the Olympics. And that's sort of what happened. So I wasn't quite up to scratch in the team pursuit. And they made a then they made the decision not to have me. So, of course, I was devastated because, like I said, I, I raced the first ever women's Madison at the European Championships, the first ever women's Madison at the World Championships, came away with a silver medal with Eleanor Barker. And the following year, I won it with Katie Archibald. So I sort of I had got my, my sights firmly set on Tokyo, and that is exactly what I wanted to do. And it didn't happen. So, of, of course, I'm devastated. But, you know um we move on and you know I, I sort of don't hold a grudge I know I tried my hardest I gave 100% to it and I did everything I could to make that team and I didn't make the team and that, that's it like I don't harbour any sort of negative feelings towards it now but I'll see at the time <laughs> yeah and you I mean I guess you whilst you didn't kind of reach the Olympics you still kind of finish your track career with you know as you say kind of world titles uh you know a, a fantastic palmares and um i guess you must have had some amazing experiences along the way too yeah for sure like i've been the best in the world i've been the best in europe and that in a way the olympics only comes around every four years but to sort of stay at the top of your game for those four years beforehand is almost harder in some respects like everyone wants to win the olympics but you know it's a, an amazing um, feeling to win world championships european championships and i had a great time doing it as well like some really amazing memories and been some amazing places um and there's a like i have a lot of fondness looking back on my career so i'm like i'm happy i'm very happy um good and in 2019 whilst you as we've been discussing you know you've primarily focused on the track you you had a pretty good year on the road. Um, I think you won the East Midlands Road Championships. Is that right? Um, you won. You won the Bourne Cycle Classic, which of course was the last National A road race we've had in the UK and still is. <laughs> and um, but you also won the Women's Cycle Classic that year. Um, so so nationally, you were kind of winning some of the biggest races. Um, what what are your memories of? The cycle classic was uh, and how many times have you had you ridden it previously so it was the second time i've raced it um i raced it the year before i think it was either 2017 or 2018 i also raced it and i got a puncture in the first 10k um and i stopped changed my wheel got back on chased back on um and just got to the bunch at the bottom of the first qom and i'd gone really deep to get back into the bunch so the first qom came and everyone sprinted off and i just like went out the back and i was sat in the cars um in the convoy just sort of thinking i'm really really tired from chasing back on and we're only like 10 15k in but also i knew that i would be able to get back in and then the convoy went the wrong way around the course and for some reason the marshal directed the convoy a different way and because i followed the cars i got to, like i got taken out of the race so i didn't even have a chance to finish which 
um like at the time I was really upset about it um my teammate um near Evans I was racing for story racing she actually won the race so there was that sort of like like a good thing happened with her winning but I wasn't even there to help and I'd sort of accident not accident like I'd accidentally taken myself out of the race which it wasn't my fault but also it kind of felt a bit silly on my part so I was actually with an I think I was with um Pfeiffer Georgie maybe I think it happened to us both we'd both got I think she'd had a puncture as well at the same time or something and we'd both got dropped at the same time and we were in the convoy together and we both went the wrong way and we were both fuming about it I'm sure it was Pfeiffer but um yeah she's off doing amazing things on the continent now so um but that was the first time I raced the cycle classic and the second time was um in 2019 when I won it and it was another one of those races where things kind of went wrong because um um, I don't know if you remember, but there was a massive crash at the start of it and most of the bunch went down and I didn't. I, I was actually at the front, so um, I avoided it. But my little sister, who would have been 17 at the time, she was still a junior. She was It was her first year junior and she was racing it as well. She went down in the crash um, and I we, we all stopped in the end. The, bun, the group was stopped and I had no idea she'd crashed. Um, and when we stopped and they said, look, we're going to have to stop the race for a bit. We need to get the ambulance through. I remember turning behind and there was just nobody behind me. So there was only about 10 or 15 of us that didn't crash. And my sister wasn't there. And we were stood um, on the road for over two hours and she never came back. And I remember being like, I, I was like, I'm not going to carry on. I'm not going to race. I don't know how my sister is. Um, I don't know if she's okay. I don't know if it's her that they've called the air ambulance for. Um, and I managed to get um, one of the DSs for a different team um, I knew really well. And he actually went back to the crash and managed to find out if my sister was okay. And it turns out she wasn't, it wasn't her off in the air ambulance. She was fine. Um, she just, she cracked her bike frame so she couldn't carry on the race. Um, but I remember um, that was right before we carried on and I'd been sat there the whole time like petrified that that it was her and I was at the point of turning around and going back to sea um, but also we weren't allowed to move because we were technically still in a race and I just remember there was that whole confusion of um, do I actually race um, I, like we've gone like five minutes it's been a massive crash we stood here for two hours um, like no one really knows what's happening um, and in the end, they they did run the race, but they shortened the distance. So I think we only did 75 or 80K instead of 110 or something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers. So they shortened the race slightly, um, which actually benefited me as a track rider because the race was only about two and a half hours rather than three and a half. Um, and it came down to a sprint at the end and I positioned myself well and won the bunch sprint. So yeah. Um, sort of yeah my memories are kind of mixed because I spent a lot of time worrying about my sister and then trying to refocus myself once the race started but also wondering if they just played down how injured she was or I don't know so I remember finishing the race and there's a lovely photo of me and my sister and I saw her after we finished and I'm like I'm so glad you're okay I'm really happy and there's that photo of like my emotions of like being really happy I won but also I just found out my sister was okay and she stood up and she's walking around and um so yeah it was kind of like mixed emotions but you know obviously I was 
when I realised that I'd sort of won one of the biggest races on the calendar, it was um, pretty special as well. Like I have really fond memories of the, the Cycle Classic. So um, yeah, and I went on to do the Bourne Cycle Classic as well because I enjoyed the the Melton Mowbray one so much. So wow, wonderful! And uh, I mean, you know, I guess yeah, it, I guess it was happiness all around then. At, by yeah, the end, once you found out, and happiness Josie was once okay. I found out at the end, yeah. she was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you describe the race to to somebody who didn't know much about it? Because it's, it's quite unique, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, there were, there's a lot of road sections and um, I don't think you can really prepare for them. Like I'd done cyclocross um, when I was younger and there was um, some good cyclocross riders in the race, like Anna Kay, uh, Beth Crompton was in there as well. And um, it's one of those, unless you've done cyclocross, I don't think a road rider can prepare for cycle classic like it there's some really technical off-road sections and a lot of the time I was just thinking don't touch your brakes just keep going just be at the front so you're not behind riders that are maybe using their brakes and I just rode everything like as, like petrified but you know got through it um because there's some off-road cobbled sections and it rained as well so it was really really slippy um rained about halfway through the race and then stopped and sun was out again um and there's um a couple of qom sections and koms for the men um which uh, were actually pretty steep pretty tough um and a lot of the riders were going for those as well so it was it was really hard the climbs and then it kind of you go down the hill it flattens off maybe a little bit and then you hit um a cobbled section or an off-road gravel section that's really technical and it's really hard again because you're focusing so hard concentrating so hard on actually not crashing um being at the front and then there's like a little breather again and then you hit another qom so it's very sort of different kind of race it's not your bog standard just go around a circuit you know race as a bunch it's all very um like the bunch was constantly like there was four or five of us and there was 20 of us then there was four or five of us and at the end I think um with five or six k to go there was only about 15 of us in the bunch because we'd gone um through a sector and then up another QOM or something and um at the 1k to 1k to go mark like the whole bunch just swelled and there was like 40 of us in the bunch sprint and I remember thinking oh no I was uh, like really going for like a, a 15 man bunch sprint because that's much easier to control um as a track rider as well you, you don't usually have like 40 or 50 of you going for the sprint at the end so um like a smaller sprint was known territory um so yeah it was a very hectic race I absolutely loved it um I would have loved to do it again in 2020, but unfortunately it was cancelled. Um, and yeah, it's very <laughs> one of my favourite races on the calendar, and great that I won it as well. So very good memories. And the the courses often kind of revisits the same sections um, at different points in the race, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it's a really. I mean, it's, it's famous for being confusing where where you are actually are in the race. I mean, do. You, do you ever actually know quite where you are? Yeah. What's coming um, next? I totally get what you mean. It was very sort of, you do something, some of the se sectors backwards again, I think, don't you? you go back on yourself and things like this. Um, and I just remember having no idea how far into the race I was because they changed the race distance. So nobody knew how long the race was. Um, and I just remember seeing the 1K to go flag at the top, um, like above the road and being like, oh, it's 1K to go. Like this is the end of the race. Like no one even really knew how far we had left. And 
um, which I guess is was a unique situation for the race. Um, but it is quite confusing when um, sort of it goes back on itself and you go left one time and then right another time. But I think that sort of adds to the, the, the race itself because it is just so unique. And as long as the motorbikes in front of you go the right way, everything's okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did you, I mean, what about equipment selection? Did you Did you ride a normal road bike? Did you have to adapt that? in in any way to kind of deal with the the off-road sections um what i did was i had my normal road bike which um was a scott foil disc um very kindly given to me by cycle division um and we put on it um i was racing on zero wheels um still deep section so i had um the r50s in um and i changed the tires to tubeless so that if i punctured I would still have it like it would fill up the hole and I'd still have some air to get to um, people around the course. I had a, quite a lot of helpers around the course. A lot of people from the, the shop and the team came out and they all had a set of wheels each, like stood around the uh, around the course. Like I had really great support and thankfully I didn't need to use it because we didn't have a follow car being such a small team. Um, but thankfully I didn't need, I didn't punch a um everything was okay i actually finished the race i had a massive slit in my tire um down the wow. um like the side of it i don't know what you call it like the um sidewall yeah that's yeah the sidewall um, i had a massive slit down the side sidewall but i hadn't punctured so i actually got really lucky but i must have caught it and um yeah i had to change my tire after that but definitely i went tubeless i know a lot of people um didn't um ride in deep sections but i was very comfortable with them and I loved um, racing on a bike disc brakes as well. So that sort of, especially with the the wet conditions, it made it feel a lot safer in the bunch when everyone was braking going down a hill um, to like slow up. I sort of went past everybody and then braked at the bottom when I needed to, or if I didn't need to, that was even better. So um, it it sort of saved me some watts, I think, having disc brakes as well. So um, yeah, I I absolutely loved that bike. And the the winner gets a giant pork pie yes is that right what what did you do with the pork pie well um, do you remember i think i was staying with my parents that weekend so <laughs> took it back to my parents and sort of the whole family waded their way through it so i've got two sisters and a brother and a mom and dad as well so there's six of us sort of waded our way through it but it was very big <laughs> and it was very heavy and it didn't fit in the fridge so it was sort of one of those where we had wow. to eat enough of it to begin with that that we could then put the remainder of it in the fridge (laughs) (laughs) fantastic and and you're still i mean whilst you're retired you're still you're still riding do you do you get out with your sisters and your brother at all yeah yeah so still riding um i meet up with um the shop that i was riding for actually whilst i was racing the cycle classic so cycle division zero wheels their their shop is um close to where i live it's in barton under needwood so i ride there ride with the with um some of the other riders that are part of like the men's team or there's quite a group of us that used to ride for the cycle division team um and of all like they've progressed onto like pro teams so you've got like alice towers who's on drops you've got toby barnes and dan barnes who are on like pro men's team dan fleeman who's just retired who's uh, retired um but he still rides so there's a really nice group of us that um some are still with the shop and there's there's riders that um like people that work in the shop that are there but there's also like 
ex-pros and current pros and we have a really nice um, group of riders so um, yeah I get out on the weekends with them and when my sister's home she's currently living in Belgium so Josie is actually riding for Icerex um, which was the team I was riding for in Belgium and um, she's out in Belgium at the moment but um, ride at home with her only when she has an easy ride these days because <laughs> she's far too good for me to be keeping up on her hard rides um and my other sister rides quite a bit as well she's uh, she does triathlon so train with her um not as not as often um but yeah it's really nice to still be in the sport but not have like the pressures of racing and training and like I'm not training for anything specific I'm just going out and riding my bike because I enjoy it and having raced my whole life that's not something I ever had um like I never just went out because I wanted to go out and that's sort of what I'm doing now which is really nice fantastic well I'm glad you're still well I'm glad you are enjoying riding a bike still and um and your sister we I think we featured her earlier in the year and on our website and uh, I've been keeping an eye on her results she got 30th I think the other day in her first UCI race so she's um yeah she's doing fantastic so she she um the past two weekends she's raced um three races two uci races and then um like a local sort of national a equivalent um and she was third in that in um, the national a one um and she got 30th in both of the uci races um so kind of kind of funny that she got the same uh, place in both of them but also like amazing because she's only 19 so she's already sort of up there um, having had no experience of road either, like she's never raced in Belgium before, and she's she'd only done a few nationals um, here as because she's more cyclocross and mountain bike focused. So, but she's absolutely loving it, and I know she wants to go pro on the road next year, having already only raced a couple of races. So, um. great. Well, we'll keep an eye on her, and um, all the very best to you too, Emily, in in the future. And um, yeah, I'm glad you're still riding your bike and enjoying it. So, thank yeah, you for joining for us. Me. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a nice review. You can subscribe on all the usual channels and you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at British Conti and on Instagram, we are at the British Continental. And please do visit our website for more interviews, journals, previews and news at thebritishcontinental.co.uk.